0: This is Tanuja,
1: And this is Oh my lead. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome everyone. Yeah. Are we high energy this morning, Tanu? Um I hope so. I hope so. I really felt like <laughs> last last couple of episodes I wasn't I wasn't matching the tempo with you. What did you think?
1: Oh no, don't say that. I truly do not think that. I think I'm just hyper because I am not sleeping and I'm losing my sanity.
0: whereas I'm sleeping too much on the account of being completely jobless but for
1: five minutes like don't say it as if you're jobless and you're not going to get a job like you have a job right (laughs) now it sounds so bad
0: (laughs) I know I feel like I'm taking some kind of guilty pleasure in telling everyone I'm jobless like my friends are so mad at me because I went to my friend's uh, housewarming party the other day, and everybody was like, "So what do you do and it it was almost like with glee, I was like, "I am jobless right now <laughs> And, and that expressions jobless
1: for a week and
0: a half, yeah, that expressions were like one of horror, either of horror, like, oh my god, what are you gonna how are you gonna survive or <laughs> in this economy and or like I'm sure there's more that she's not saying. <laughs> like, and I was, I no, I would clarify. Yes, I do have a job coming up. But I'm just taking, I've not been free like this in years. You know, where you have literally, you don't owe your time to anyone else. And yeah. you have nothing pending. It really feels like, you know, when you'd finish a year at school. And it would be time for summer holidays. And the yes. joy of starting a new year. And yes. having that time in between, that's what it's like. I would recommend everyone, you know, if you're moving jobs, uh, to give yourself a week and a half or two weeks off in between, just so you can... Mentally recover. Exactly. Exactly. Before throwing yourself back into the workforce.
1: <laughs> I I had that feeling when I went on maternity leave, because um, I went on the... 4th of the of july and baby didn't come until the 17th oh yeah So i had those two weeks that i was like i'm not doing anything
0: exactly you know what i'm talking about yeah it's a bit disconcerting (laughs) if you're used to working all the time because i do find myself like i think between like maybe afternoon or early morning early morning maybe i find myself like what am i doing yeah i'm questioning life like what's happening what day is it
1: yeah <laughs> I, took, I took a lot of naps yeah <laughs> oh my
0: god I, t- I took a nap at like 4 p.m a few ah, ah. days ago and i was like what is going on so decadent I know I just I just fell asleep I woke I I have to say I woke up with panic like as if I've missed a meeting or something Aww. I woke up like oh my god is my camera on or something like that just and I was like no it's it's fine I don't have a job right now um but that is to say my heart goes out to people who are still struggling and looking out for jobs and mm you know it's um it's tough out there um
1: it's a bit of a bleak time isn't it
0: i do remember when i didn't have a job rosa and i was i think it was like for three months or something before i got my yale job and it was it was really bad i felt guilty all the time yeah and that's when we met yeah Yeah, that's when we met when we when we were looking for jobs. You you did have a job though. You I've never not had a job in my life. Exactly. (laughs) You did have a job and I think for me it was I'd quit my last job because I was just like you know when usually you should get a job when you're already in a job. But I was so done with my last that role. Like I was just like I don't think I can look for another role if I'm not yeah. done with this. So I made the decision to quit. I had a few savings at the time, but it was really it was a tough period, I would say. I just I didn't feel like spending on anything because I was like I don't have a right to spend because I'm not earning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I was just yeah. I would only spend On events, like publishing events where I could network. Yeah. And then I could get that free glass of wine and feel the luckiest.
1: (laughs) And hold that one free glass of
0: wine for the whole thing. Oh, I could never manage that. I'm such a... You know, because the awkwardness seeps in and the glass is like your support system and you just take a sip when you don't have much to say. (laughs) Oh my God, the glass is your support system. It's a bit of a raw deal. It's bad. It's bad, but it was networking and it would get on my nerves (laughs) although i was i was very social it just get on my nerves a lot um
1: i always thought that you were like the the key person in those networking events i was like look at stan like she knows everyone like everyone loves her
0: oh my god i'm i'm so glad that it looked like that inside i was like if i don't get a job in the next two months i'm going to be an alcoholic on warm white wine (laughs)
1: And did you ever had that thought? Because I had that thought of if I don't get a job by this point, I have to go like move back home.
0: Oh wow, yeah, that was. I know my my fear was that I would not I would not get a job in publishing, so I'll have to get a job outside of publishing. Like I rem- I remember people were like, maybe it's time, you know, to look at some finance companies. Oh, uh, would you like to do p r for some beauty products and oh, bleak it's yeah, you know, I have flatmates now who do work in finance and p r outside of book publishing, and they earn like so much more than me, so yeah. Oh, yeah. It, at that time, yes, I did think that's bleak that's giving up, and um and now I'm like. But they earn so much more.
1: (laughs) They do earn so much money. But I'm going to say something. I also earn more money working as a barista than I do uh, working in publishing.
0: (laughs) Shut up. No way.
1: I I have to say, I have, like, proper years and, and, like, classes and i've done like i've studied and i all that stuff to be a barista also
0: so so
1: like like you had the qualifications yeah you're a
0: professional barista
1: yeah how come you've never
0: made a cup of coffee for me
1: (laughs) because i've made it for thousands of people and i am done
0: (laughs) you're done you're like never again
1: (laughs) no i love making coffee i'll make you a coffee i have like seven coffee machines at home
0: wow yes please yes please um what's your favorite uh cup of like which coffee do you like the most?
1: Oh I do pour over. I love uh V sixty. I'm a I'm a very simple person. A what?
0: It's a cave, I love <laughs> filter coffee <laughs> oh filter coffee i heard 360 coffee sorry it's called b60
1: that's the name of
0: the yeah. oh the you did go all technical all barista on me gosh okay basically
1: professional <laughs> guys i i've worked as a barista for seven
0: eight years yeah wow you have so m- I every episode, I just keep finding out more stuff about you. And <laughs> the book for the princess. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
1: But this episode, we're not talking about me. We're talking about you, Tano.
0: Oh yes, I'm already nervous about that. It's been a while since I've spoken about myself.
1: <laughs> Dude, like, it's chill. I'm, I'm not gonna ask intrusive questions. Like, what's the color of your underwear? Uh, <laughs>
0: You could have waited till I finished taking a sip of that glass. (laughs) I almost choked on water.
1: For our listeners, Tanu was drinking when I said that and it was just
0: a precious moment. Oh, we could, we could upload this on YouTube so they can see that exact moment. (laughs) Okay. Yes. About me. What, what do you have?
1: Hi, Tanu. Hi. Who are you? Who
0: am I? <laughs> God, the mystery. What
1: what brought you here? Cuz you're not from here.
0: I'm not. I'm from India. Yes. Mm-hmm. What brought me here? Um books. Yes. I <laughs> That was one of the questions I was asked uh, when I was doing my uni in
1: Are you joking me?
0: <laughs> no, it literally like why did you decide to work in UK publishing and not back home? And I I was just like do you know how many books you export you guys like i grew up on (laughs) british authors and um when i first came to uk i was almost disappointed because it didn't look like it didn't look like the the london from sherlock holmes
1: (laughs) are you talking me
0: yeah i don't know i was so disappointed to see the corner shops (laughs) oh my god you're so mean (laughs) I'm I know no, it's. It's like it was. Of course, like I knew Sherlock Holmes not modern day. But for some reason, it was all about black smoke, you know, enveloping the sky, uh, the gray, like sort of background, people uh-huh. walking and talking. Tails and top hats. I don't know why. I just stop at the morning. Yeah, I just expected, or like, um, or like you know, reading uh, PG Woodhouse. I just expected everyone to speak like. That. <laughs> I don't. It was. It was. It was. Um. It wasn't a culture shock. Of course, I knew it wasn't going to be like that. But also, I just thought all buildings would be old and and everything. It just. Oh hi Leo! Nice of you to join us. Sorry, it's fine. You is like, "I'm just as mad as you are about this london yeah
1: how how dare they <laughs> like <laughs> I came here I was told it was going to be cold. It
0: was so hot. I know yeah. I got a tan this summer. I'm literally <laughs> tanned in London, like what the hell um, but yeah, basically i I grew up on these books, and um. Yeah. It, in India, it's very sort of natural for you to pursue your... Uh, it's common, not natural, I would say. It's common for many students to pursue their sort of further education in America or UK. Mm-hmm. And um, I also remember that... <laughs> I also remember when I told my dad I wanted to work in publishing. And you know how all publishing is in London, um yeah uh in india all publishing is in delhi and he was like oh Oh. Uh, i was like i could go to delhi i could go to london he's like hmm london it is then
1: (laughs) why what's wrong with delhi
0: (laughs) nothing's wrong with delhi i think he just thought delhi is like massive and huge and it's just a different vibe and i was like so is london he's like london is actually much smaller than the city you're living in and i I was like okay fair enough you know like i think it is i'm not sure i think he just said that maybe in terms of population and not the exact size um but i know london is smaller than mumbai for sure um, but yeah, he was like, "Okay, London, it is." I was like, "Okay, all right, then, I'm going." So yeah, I um I came here in 2017, and I did my MA in publishing.
1: Great. And what were you reading at the time?
0: When I was in India, I would read, of course. Like now, looking back, looking back at it, my list was pretty white. And um, yeah, i of course because you live in India, you do end up reading Indian authors. Uh I think last episode I mentioned like Manjali Prabhu. she is one of mm-hmm. like really popular authors in india um she writes mystery novels, so the trial of four is like my favorite... the Trail of Four is like my favorite one um but when i came when I came to when I was doing my uni, I realized. All the problems that publishing had, like not problems, but all the ongoing discussions and topics that concern the industry. Mm -hmm. And at the time, and even now, one of them, it was diversity. And that was that was, I would say, the moment of culture shock, because I I don't know why I had this naive sort of outlook that, oh, you know, it's the biggest publishing industry, UK's is. And it must be so advanced and so matured and so developed that they would not have such a problem at all. Um, uh, but there was. And they, uh, they do. <laughs> exactly. And um, I was, uh, yeah, I was sort of disappointed. I was a bit, I was not surprised when you think about it, but I was shocked to find out that this, this little Still dealing with this problem, um. So I made the conscious effort yeah. to then look, like, oh, what would I read if I had to read, you know, um, something. So I that the 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 first book I consciously picked up was Common People, and mm-hmm. it was edited by Kit Deval, who was also you know Kingston has this KU big read which basically means that all students new students in Kingston read one book and it was amazing because like as soon as I entered the university I got gifted that book like hey this is your book and I was like wow a free book from the university and everybody like everybody on the on the uni bus that I met or like just around during freshers week had that book in hand and I was like Wow, this is such a nice, like, icebreaker. I could just talk I about the book. I didn't
1: know that. That's so cool.
0: I, yeah, because later, after I'd finished my year, I actually worked on the scheme, the Big Read scheme, with my professor. So, it was eye-opening. Nice. It was really fun. So, yeah, Kit Duval, um she basically was, it was her book. Um, and it was Leon, I believe, and... Um, and that was a beautiful book in itself. Really sad, but it was, it mm. was, oh, it was just good. And I actually got to know a lot more about like British systems of like um, nice uh, for carers and stuff through through that book. So it's a good system, yeah. Um, and she also edit. She was the editor of Common People, which is basically an anthology written by different. Um, yeah. Writers of colour. And uh honestly I started reading it and then I would put it down because, you know, uni first week. Yeah, of course. Uh, no time to read. But I remember I was like going to <laughs> Waterloo or something from Kingston. Um mm-hmm. or I was I was coming back, I was coming back, I was coming back home to Kingston and I missed my stop. Oh my! I love it. Because I happens. was reading the book. I missed my stop and then you know you have to cross the station and you have to get the train the other train to go back yeah. and I it's sat the- down and I missed it again No I love that Oh my god I was like I have to stop reading this book on trains it was such a good book it had just like I got to know a lot more about modern Britain and just all the people that it includes through this mm-hmm. book and it was just it was just um it was also very good writing yeah um so i really loved common people and i think that 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 no, definitely think
1: about anthologies is that you can always pick them up at any point you know
0: yeah that's true yeah i i did do just oh. that because i would i would ponder about the stories like after i'd finished reading them um, just to sort of reflect. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that that was the book I consciously picked up. That's very nice. And then what did you do after uni? Um, so, yeah, I worked on the Big Read scheme, um, which was a lot of fun. I got to sort of meet, sort of correspond with publishers. Um, and I worked with my professor, Alison Babstock. Um, she was like a nice mentor you know Uh, yeah yeah she was she was just excellent also she very active woman she had like so many projects like running really active you know she was in publishing and she was a consultant and then she was doing reading force and she was she's just doing she's doing a lot and I was like gosh I'm just doing one thing and I'm tired (laughs) (laughs) I love the
1: people that have the energy to do all of those things yeah I want to be that
0: yeah, I I want to be that. Um so yeah, I di- I did it was like a placement year and then I was looking for more jobs in publishing at the time. Um so that that was when that was oh, so I remember around that time I got hooked onto audiobooks.
1: Yay! Oh My gosh.
0: Yeah. Um maybe it was maybe it was the year after that. I don't remember, but my first audiobook uh, was Michelle Becoming by Michelle Obama. Really? Because it was in her voice, right? And I was just like, "Okay, I'm not gonna read it. I'm gonna listen to it."
1: You, you have. I don't know if you've done it already, but you have to listen to
0: Trevor Noah. Oh, Born that's a crime. Stop it. That's next on my list. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, I'm reading your mind. <laughs> Born a Crime was the next one, and um gosh again it's in his voice and he adds the comedic timing to it of oh, course gosh, it's so good. oh my god both both those books again as far as you know even though i did start to look consciously for diverse books i was still very much in i was still very much um caught up in the throes of reading yep. books of publishers where i would want to work oh I have, because, you know, when you apply, because I was applying for jobs at that time for my first job in publishing yeah. in the UK. And I really wanted to, when you Cover go for letter, interviews. Yeah.
1: books that change your life.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> when when you go for interviews, you should, you you want to be able to say, I've read your book yeah. and oh my God, I've read this. And it has to be a yeah. current author. They're not interested in the classics and the dead authors. And so, yeah. so I would, before every interview, I would pick up a book from that publisher like I'm going to give this a read and invariably that really spoiled my reading in some way because I wasn't reading for the joy and the pleasure of reading I was reading for a task that oh my god I could speak about this at the interview um and then maybe I wouldn't get an interview and then I would just leave the book incomplete (laughs) and not finish it um so yeah, my reading my reading was really erratic at that time. I almost didn't finish a book ever in those days because I was applying for jobs and it just didn't. I I'm I wonder would that, did that happen to you? Was that just me?
1: I mean, I think I think you're the perfect person to ask for advice on how to ace your interviews. Uh, oh. You are, but at the time I was working. I was working in a cafe. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I was still doing freelancing in the literary agency. Yes. So I I didn't read that much and when I did it was like speed reading so when you Yeah. like you're just go across. Yeah. 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 Yeah
0: that yeah that's what happened to me and I almost I almost started hating not hating but almost got like you know I just stopped picking up a book Um, But it was... Then that's why I switched to audiobooks. And it was Becoming by Michelle Obama and Born of Crime by Trevor Noah that really got me back into the groove of things. And they were just excellent audiobooks to have. um, Yeah. If anyone's... And her book... Oh, my God. It was also learning about... Because just by being here, I am diverse. You know what I mean? Like, just by being in this country. If I was in India... I'm, in fact, part of the majority, uh, yeah. just given my religion or caste or whatever, what do what you have? Um, but just by being here, I was diverse. And so all I could think of was how my experience and my identity is so mm-hmm. relevant in publishing. Um, but it was reading about other people who are you know, writers of colour, but from other mm-hmm. countries and their experiences and Trevor Noah from, you know, literally yeah. his birth and then coming to America. Like, what a journey. Um, it it just even made me realise that just like that, I am not even reading about other writers of colour from other backgrounds other than mine. Yeah. And that was like, yeah, what am I doing? You know, um, I can't take this for granted. I don't think it was like a conscious thought it was just like a very slow realization that I have so much more to learn uh about so many other cultures and backgrounds and stories.
1: Yeah, because it's not the same uh reading a book by a Nigerian author that lives in Nigeria and a Nigerian author that lives in the UK like it's it it really depends on where you're living and what's your pers- perspective
0: in your life. Oh my god oh you got it <laughs> no I that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right um that's yeah. true <laughs> and
1: then and then we met and then you started doing syp and we met and it
0: was very lovely I, yes i remember oh my god like i just um i keep saying oh my god a lot and that's why this show's name is oh my Lit." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just yes you do. i realized that i say oh my god that. a
0: lot <laughs> I said earlier. Yeah. Oh my. I do that. Um, I will not. I will try not to say it. <laughs> oh, come on. Say it. Whatever. Doesn't um, matter. Yes, we met. It was very exciting. We met at a publishing event. We were networking. Um, at that time, I was part of SYB, which was very exciting. I think not having a job at the time and then still, you know, you feel like an outsider. You feel like, even yeah. more so than ever. Um so being part of SYP was brilliant because I got to meet all these people. I was organized helping organize events. Um I was getting in touch with like yeah. people who had jobs. Um and I was talking to them as an equal of somewhat, you know, because I was working for an organization. Um and it's it's a really old organization. It's like almost seventy five years old if I'm not wrong.
1: Yeah. It's it's very well known and very important here in the UK.
0: <laughs> Leo is gonna strangle you with your mic. He
1: is fully strangling me. <laughs> like my son wants my inheritance. What is this? I don't have money. I work in publishing, Leo. <laughs>
0: um, but do you remember how everybody would just sort of make sure that they that they told us that you're not gonna earn a lot, and we were <laughs> we were really like deaf. We're like as long as they tell us it, it became a mission. It became a mission yeah. to find a job in publishing. It was a, it was yeah. an insane drive that I have not experienced since, I have to say.
1: Yeah. It was like, yeah,
0: like do or die good. situation.
1: Uh, but you organized incredible um events with SYP and I remember the one where we met was talking about the book with the fire on high, wasn't it?
0: Yes. And it was it was such a beautiful decor that they had made up because uh, it was all based sure. on the book cover, and I remember Parminder Man was. Well, one of the panelists if yeah. I'm not wrong yeah. yeah and I really came yeah. particularly came to see her Amy Falone was there yes I remember yeah, yeah. oh my god she's a rock star um <laughs> yeah exactly so SYP like basically introduced me to all these brilliant people super inspiring and uh, it was a good time to just I was just enjoying my time getting to know everyone. And as you said, networking confidently, what appeared to be confidently,
1: Incredibly uh, confidently. Like, you were so amazing always. I all—I was always
0: in awe of you. Oh, thank you. I hope the magic is not broken now that you know me. More. Oh, no, no. Like, <laughs> disappeared. <kind> of
1: shit. <laughs> Can't be bothered.
0: Uh. Um. Around that time, I feel... I started trying to look more for, like, Indian authors and Indian books because I started questioning, am I the only one? Because I'd go to these events and just, I I didn't meet a lot of other Indians. I know now, I know a few of them now, uh, yeah. but I did not. I, I just thought maybe I was missing home or maybe I was just missing, like, the familiarity of language. You know, I haven't spoken totally. in my Indian languages in forever. Like, I speak to my parents, but, you know, it's not the same when you're speaking to a mate. Um, I know, I don't. But I I was looking for, like, all Indian authors at the time. And then I, I got this book. Um, Kololo Hill by Nima Shah. No clue whatsoever. Um, it's, it's, okay, the cover was arresting. It was brilliant. Um, but it, it basically tracks... Story about this family fleeing Uganda Mm -hmm. during Idi Amin's rule, and basically, there were these Indians settled in Uganda, you know, um, back from colonial times. So, yeah, they were everywhere. Like, Indian diaspora is, you know, as you know, it's everywhere. At one point, I think somebody told me every fourth person in this world is Indian.
1: It's, I'm seeing the cover, and it's so extremely
0: beautiful yeah are you seeing the paperback or the hardcover because the hardcover is the one i have
1: i have both of them in front of me both of them I find both of them are really
0: good actually Mm -hmm. you know what i got gifted the paperback as well um if you want it
1: yes i do thank
0: you very much okay cool we can cover it in one of the episodes because nima shah is a brilliant writer and um again i i was I always knew like Indians being everywhere, but I didn't know about Uganda so much. I didn't know about ah. the history. I was so shocked. I didn't know about that at all. And again, that feeling of like, oh, wow, there's so much more to know.
1: There's so much history that we are not taught in school and that we just discover if we, if we look for it. it. My father always says that history is written by the winners which means that we only get a part that we study
0: yes yes
1: and if you want to know what really happened you're gonna have to dig dig down dig deep
0: yes or as i say go to another country and pick up their history textbooks yes indeed you're right yeah because um yeah I've, i've realized that even in india studying we studied so much colonial history dude i was bored really oh. Oh. i know, but because as a student you're like i'm studying this every year like give me something i was i was almost really glad when we started doing hitler it's like oh great
1: another villain <laughs> please don't take this phrase out of context <laughs> please don't
0: please don't um it's a, bit of a danger <laughs> no i uh, know i i meant i meant you're studying you know you're like uh, 13 years old and you've already done three years of colonial history and you're like oh my god enough I get it I get it they came I get it you suffered I get it but yeah so (laughs) I don't know what my point of it was yeah sorry my textbooks so my textbooks were really like one tone and then we obviously had world history and we did like other countries a bit but I was always intrigued Mm -hmm. to see what like what would you know, in Spain, what would you have in your history books? Or, or what would our, like, colonizers would have their his- in history books? And then I was almost shocked yeah. and disappointed to learn that UK does not cover the colonial history as much at all.
1: Oh, my God. Spain covers it, like, our colonial history, but uh, proudly. Yes, like, exactly. It, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the theme. It's, it's troublesome. It's, it's worrisome. It's, yeah. it's very bad.
0: Yeah, but I do, That's why I don't blame people when they're like, "Oh well, we, we we did all right." You know, when people say it here, I'm like, "Ah, oh, you gotta read other other countries' textbooks."
1: Yeah, or read just a tiny bit more. Yeah,
0: because... <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. I also understand why where that comes from because no nation wants its people to be feel shameful all the time about their past. You want I mean, a nation that has strong morale, I believe. And I feel like that's why every country will make sure that their history glorifies their country. History textbooks will glorify their country. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not excusing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I understand. See,
1: maybe it's because we, we had a dictatorship that glorified so much um, our past as an empire um, mm. But I am extremely uncomfortable with any glorification of, uh, of the past of Spanish um, history. Because... you
0: are dangerous bad. to that, of course. I just yeah. meant that, like probably in the beginning i was just angry like i was just like why i had to study so much why didn't you like i i got annoyed by it why why shouldn't you be given the same syllabus like what's wrong
1: (laughs) be annoyed please (laughs) yeah
0: um you know i'm that's i then i picked up this book um Mm -hmm. at night all blood is black and it's such a small book but oh my god it packs a punch and then I realized, like, obviously, I know about colonial history and I know what happened to my country, but I didn't know. Of course, I haven't read about what happens and what happened in other countries that were colonized. Yeah. Like, and that. So all my um, at night covers. Um, I want to say Algeria. Yes. So this was during the. This was during World War One, and it was the French colony. I believe. And then they were fighting. So they were Senegalese men. And, or he was the protagonist. Mm -hmm. And he was fighting in the French army against German soldiers. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't their war, but they were fighting because they were a French colony. Yeah, of course. So, um, again, I sort of realized, oh, I don't know a lot about what I've, happened in other countries that were colonized at that time and on this of course i know like i know the popular histories like south africa and the nelson yeah. Mandela, and I, I i know what happened in like my neighboring countries like but also there's so many other countries that i had no idea
1: but yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean because i i only learned about the biafran war with um timamanda ngozi Adichie,
0: hmm.
1: um half yellow sun
0: exactly exactly
1: I had absolutely no idea what had happened until I picked up that book.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I
1: know exactly what you're
0: saying. <laughs> but the, that book was amazing. It's like really dark and it it's very subtle. Um, mm-hmm. It and it's really entirely focused on the man and his mental state and his oh, concerns. God. But it's it's just beautifully written and almost like I don't know. I want. I wanted more I wanted to I wanted it to go on uh hmm. but I'm also happy as to oh, the ending the ending is really interesting uh I got and it's only don't 150 think, pages so this is a really small book everybody should read that book uh I, I believe it was nominated for booker as well or one yeah it was nominated right. for booker um so yeah I'll, I'll
1: add it to the uh, never-ending
0: TBR yes
1: and and
0: now you have a new job a new house what else is new to oh gosh yeah yeah i got my first job at yale which was amazing yeah and you know this is weird but I actually ended up reading a book about Idi Amin that we covered in yale so oh yeah um just his his dictatorship and how it went so but it was yeah it's academic um yeah um so Yale I was my first job amazing I joined I joined three weeks before lockdown Rosa hey wait you had the job at the same time right
1: oh yeah we got our jobs
0: around the same time
1: I literally had my only training day um the day that everyone was going home oh gosh it was
0: mental it was mental I was not even. I didn't even know all the employees. Like I didn't even know all my colleagues, and they were like, "Bye, don't come Neither. to the office tomorrow." Um, yeah, Yale was amazing. Like, I I think I have some some of my best memories like colleague with my colleagues and stuff. Like it was really good as a first job. Oh, uh, nice. <clears throat> yeah, and um, two and a half years later, <sighs> I miss them. I- <laughs> do you text them? Yeah, it's, I do. I nothing. do i i do message them like have you missed me yet are you missing me i hope you're missing me <laughs>
1: <laughs> does everyone know how to do things because i know how to do things like i can't help
0: <laughs> yeah um and now i'm i'm gonna be in my new job by by i think by the time this episode comes out i must, i would have started oh yeah certainly. it's on tuesday mm. oh I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to go buy new shoes. Yay.
1: So, uh, sorry. So, it's going to be a new job, new house and new shoes.
0: Yosh! New haircut. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I think I've told you about this before. But this, basically, probably a month ago or something, I decided the holy trinity or the holy (laughs) trifecta of moving on with the next stage (laughs) of your life. And... <clears throat> Listen to this guys because this is useful, okay? Wisdom. Yes, Weasel. this is wisdom. This is what this is what you gotta do. You gotta get a new house, <laughs> a new job, and a new haircut. The new haircut can be substituted by new tattoo Weasel. if you Weasel. like, or a new piercing, right. but it has to be something you do to yourself that makes you feel unimaginably in control again. I don't know what it is about haircuts. That just make me feel like I've got it together.
1: Oh no, I, I fully understand what you mean. Um I once went to work to my to my uh customer facing job in a cafe in Barcelona, in a very busy cafe. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to work with my long hair up to my shoulders. Right. I went for lunch and I came back with a bus cut. And What? My boss, <laughs> yeah. My friends just look at me like what are we doing today, Rosa? What
0: is did, happening? Did people ask you? Are, are you new here? Do you, did they recognize yeah. you? My my usual
1: customers didn't recognize me. It was so much fun. I loved it. I would do it every day.
0: Wow, that's a huge change. I, I wonder do if it. I can do that.
1: Do it. Proper cut your hair, like shave it. It's fun. I would.
0: I'm. I've been. I've been wanting a haircut for a very long time. I went to this. Um, assistance drinks event um a few weeks ago and i was like yeah i want to cut my hair you know i want to make it shorter um blah, blah blah. and then one of the girls there said she's like tanuja you have the most publishing hairstyle ever and i was i just i lost it i was like what is there a quintessential publishing hairstyle and then she just said because you know, we were at a networking event. She, she just, like, sort of, like, sweeped her hand around the room and she was like, look around you. And everybody had, like, yeah. a similar haircut, which is a long bob, apparently. Yeah. A long yeah, yeah. bob is... I don't know if I agree with this, but everyone there had a yeah. similar haircut. I was shook. I was shook.
1: Yeah, there's kind of a, a standard um, haircut and a way of dressing
0: in publishing. I mean, yeah, I get the way of dressing. I I agree with the way of dressing. I did not know about haircuts. So I'm now (laughs) even more determined to have something. Shave it. No, I'm not going to shave it. No, Rosa, that's not going to. No, that's not. No, 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 no. It's not going to (laughs) happen.
1: It's not going to be a bob.
0: Okay. That's what I'll do maybe it'll be a different kind of bob who knows i need a fringe though for my life god i need a fringe (laughs) um hey so that's the last thing to take got the new house i moved in i was really scared that i wouldn't get one and then i got a really nice house Mm -hmm. and then i got a new job so it's all falling in place um and yeah, and that is my holy trifactor of mo- don't ask me moving on from what? It just holy trifactor of moving on just with moving life. On. Just moving on. Just going to the just next stage. Uh, yeah. Just just you know, advancing, progressing. Yeah.
1: We don't need to move on from anything in
0: special in yeah.
1: specific. Yeah. Like we just need to uh, keep yeah, on the movement like, exactly
0: the rolling up and and now we've got a new podcast so i've yeah. got lots of new things
1: perfecta not
0: trifecta Quart, co, corfe, <laughs> corfe corfe, corfe. <laughs> um, yeah oh, okay let me punch this with another recommendation come on uh, give it to me because i was working at yale i was doing like academia And I really then wanted to, in my free time, read something quite opposite. So I got into sci-fi, science fiction. And obviously I was looking for more writers of colour and I found... This is How You Lose the Time War. Oh, so good. Oh my God, it was so good. It's a love story, but it's a love story through time and space. And it's obviously rivals to enemies to lovers, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they weren't I mean, like enemies, but they belong to rival factions.
1: I mean, they are enemies. They, they are enemies. enemies. They, they are like talk existential about enemies. Each other all the time. Yeah. They are proper enemies. Yeah.
0: The, they are, and they only they they are never in the same time period and space together, and so they leave each other like love letters. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. It's LGBTQIA and and I think it it's an award-winning book as well. Is it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Hugo Award for Best Novella in 2020.
0: Yeah, Hugo Award. There we go. Yes. Amazing. And it's written by two authors. So they're both write so you know, they're both writing those love letters to each other and um oh, yeah and it's it's hard it's kind of heartbreaking like i was sad i i i really i really like the writing i loved the i just loved the premise because it's it was really new for me i would not read anything like that before
1: yeah it's a very different kind of like because it's it's technically a time-traveling book isn't it yeah but it's
0: also literary fiction and it's also a love story
1: and it's epistolary i have i am such a sucker for epistolary stories
0: exactly i was i think i should read more of those
1: yeah they're very lovely oh mm, we'll talk about the epistolary
0: stories later (laughs) yeah let's we we should do we should do a story about them oh my god oh sorry so not a story a podcast i haven't read enough to be honest
1: we're gonna write it down as an idea.
0: Yeah. And see if we can do it. Yeah, maybe we look for more. Because I, yeah. I haven't come across, I mean, I'm sure that are, but I haven't come across more books that are in the form of like letters and stuff. I have. I don't think I have.
1: I have several, but not from diverse authors.
0: Mm, maybe we should look for that. Mm-hmm. I, d- I did want to talk about. Mm -hmm. finding more stories that match mine oh i mean i don't have i don't have a recommendation i want i think that's what i want to end this episode on is that i want to find more books that reflect my life that's very lovely I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking for. Maybe it's an Indian coming to the UK, or maybe it's someone from outside working in the publishing industry, or uh, maybe it's, um, I don't know. Something. Yeah. Something that I can sort of see myself. I'm sure there are. I just need to keep looking.
1: So listeners, if you know any story that fits Tanu's very, very vague description, uh, (laughs)
0: It's too big.
1: I'll drag you. Um, <laughs> please send us an email or send us a message or just like I don't know scream it to the void and maybe we'll get it.
0: Yeah I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna actively start looking. I think I just expected one to fall in my lap to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh, how dare they not fall in your lap? <laughs> rude um, extremely rude.
0: Yeah, I think it's just maybe an Indian, who works in creative industries in the UK, because you often see them working in like really technical Mm -hmm. jobs or like NHS or like engineers or, you know. uh, So maybe an Indian who was mad enough to work in publishing in the UK.
1: Amazing. Um, And that Indian has to be called Tano. And she has to be lovely. And um, yeah, and she has to have a very nice friend called Rosa. Please,
0: thank you. That should all be in the book. (laughs) well thank you so much for interviewing me rosa that was lovely and listening to my brief life story maybe this episode could form a basis of my memoir
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god we're going far already
0: okay too far too far
1: (laughs) chill it (laughs) it's very welcome i love talking to you always
0: thank you and please give my love to leo I think he got so bored of me; he fell asleep.
1: He full on fell asleep. I love you so much. <laughs> we need to do this every every day. Can you please? He's like, Daniel's life is well not that interesting. Hour. I'm
0: going to bed. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna take a nap. Bye, people.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I can't wait to see you two again in person soon. Um, yeah. and yeah, this is where yeah. we ended. Um, everybody, thank you for listening we'll we'll put out a list of recommendations in the descriptions um yeah, and are. i hope you enjoy those books
1: and do like and subscribe to all those pretty little things yes it's very necessary talk yes. about us uh write poems about us
0: no all too, far. Yeah, too far too no. far yes <laughs> just just subscribe thank you <laughs> thank
1: you <laughs> well, bye. bye-bye bye-bye